Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, host and partner at Instec London. Now, if you're one of the many people listening to this whilst you're exercising, then you'll be in good company with today's guest. Scott Guiana is Head of Product Marketing and Partnerships at Quantumblate, where he's been for five years. But Scott himself once cycled across the US and competes in Ironman triathlons in his spare time. Prior to Quantumblate, Scott spent 19 years at Catastrophe Modeler RMS after eight years at Kemper Insurance. Quantumplate itself was founded in 2011, one of the early InsurTech stories in the UK, although now based in the US. Uh, then went quiet for a bit, but as we're going to hear shortly, the company has been very busy building its client base and its technology in the last few years. Scott, great you could join us. Well, thanks for having me. You and I have known each other for quite a few years, probably about 25 years. Uh, you've got yourself got a background originally in underwriting and then worked in catastrophe modeling and are now helping Quantumplate expand their business globally. That is correct. So Quantumplate was very well known about four years ago uh, in the sort of the early stage of InsurTech and then things went really quiet. So uh, can you reveal what's been going on in the last few years when you sort of seem to be operating under the radar? No, Matthew, that's a great question. You know, I think early days when Quantumplate first started, what we had was a really powerful technology, but we didn't know how it fit into the insurance industry. When I came on board, what we tried to do is understand where the problems, where our, where our technology fit into the problems. On that point about problems and solutions, can you describe what it is that Quantumplate is doing today? We have four or five main use cases. And the four or five new cases are program management delegated authority, MGA business, commercial property, and especially casualty rate. The main problem each one of them has is the fractured services they need to use to actually cleanse and process data to actually make sense out of it and inform decisions. And so that's what we're helping each one of those use cases do. So it's still this problem that you, know, you and I have been talking about for 15 years now, where you'd expect there would be a, some formats in place for companies exchanging data between policyholders and insurers, insurers and brokers, brokers and reinsurers. That happens in some places, but other places it's still very erratic and still a lot of requirement to clean the data up before people can even start to analyze it. A lot of companies have spent time trying to sort of unify a data model internally to go feed like financial systems or regulatory reporting. But what it doesn't help with is when companies are ingesting data, the data changes, the formats change. And so what they do is they put manual processes on those. Um, and you can't scale manual processes. You know, a lot of companies have tried to go out to outsourcing things of that nature. But if you really want to improve a business, Outsourcing and things of that nature can only maybe get to a 2x efficiency. Can you just talk a little bit about how, how you solve that? Because some of these issues are quite complicated. You know, everybody seems to have their own interpretation of what's the right format to exchange the data or what's the right data to provide between the different parties. Yeah, so if you take commercial property, right? Commercial property is um, you know, the market is sent through statement of values. Uh, commercial property, you know, the, the mid to large size is all on Excel spreadsheets or text files. They all come in disparate formats, so on and so forth. And the data is not coherent 
most of the time is spent with people taking that data and manually moving headers and manually cleansing data. But there's technology available that allows people to enable through smart automation the ability to, one, detect where the data starts and ends. And so if I know where the start, data starts and ends across spreadsheets, I'll know where the headers are. Then there's sort of techno- AI and machine learning or natural language processing, which allows you to map headers. So I can either map it to a standard model or an internal model. And then once you've done that, it's using the same technologies differently to go cleanse data. And so what happens today is that all of that learning, all of that manual work is done in someone's head and on someone's spreadsheet, and you can't let the, the process learn. And so we're trying to use technology to enable companies to learn through that process. And in terms of your clients, so you mentioned commercial insurance underwriters, things at MGA. Yeah. Are other brokers also doing this? Because you know, in an ideal world, the brokers would take responsibility for the data and then distribute it to all of the carriers. But I mean, there are reasons why that doesn't happen. But are you managing to find any brokers that are sort of helping solve the problem directly? There is interest in the brokerage community, but I just think the road to actually get there is longer because the companies that influence are so larger and they have a much larger processes in place. And so it's easier right now to actually focus on company to company. And then over time, my guess is the brokers will actually come on board to help through the distribution process. So, Scott, that, that all makes a lot of sense, but those techniques are quite widely known now, and there are a number of people who claim they can do this. So what distinguishes Contemplate from somebody else in terms of being able to offer this to your clients or other people that are interested in working with you? So I think there's there's a couple of ways to think about that, Matthew. One is AI, machine learning, and natural language processing can't be broadly applied to all problems. Like you have to train a model to solve a specific problem. And if you use commercial property as an example, you have to have a very in-depth knowledge of commercial property and construction IT descriptions to build a model that actually solves for it. And so we have that capability and understanding internally. The other is internally for companies, it takes a lot of money to hire data scientists to actually solve each one of these problems individually. And so while the larger companies may be able to solve for it, the mid-sized and smaller companies are going to be challenged. And so we're trying to actually package the, package these problems up into a technology that can be used and consumed through the broader industry, as opposed to people to having solved these individually. Okay. So once the more clients you've got, essentially, the more sophisticated the analytics get and the faster it can do the analysis. And then is it, is this, is, you mentioned commercial Talk about NGAs. What other lines of business are you doing this for? We're agnostic to class and line of business. So as an, you know, for, for program business, it doesn't matter whether it's fleet auto or brownstones or trucking. Um, so we're, you know, for program business, we can see all classes and lines of business through that. Um, and where the machine learning would happen in program business is different than where it would happen in commercial property because the, Descriptive fields are in different areas. The descriptive fields in, in program business is likely on the claim settlement side, right? And so you're helping customers be able to say, hey, head trauma X, Y, and Z is able to be mapped to whatever severity class within it um, so that people can actually get a better understanding of claims. So the, the application of AI machine learning across the classes is different and the problem statement is different. Okay, and now in the U.S., you're, Data generally is slightly 
better behaved than in the in the UK, particularly in the London specialty market. In the US, you, people tend to follow the accord forms less so in in the UK. So, are you able to deal with the sort of like more random nature of the data, or are you, are you sort of tend to fix around the, the standards that are out there? So, I think the accord forms are used more on the automated data processes for the smaller smaller insurance companies. And so we're seeing in especially commercial space, the same type of data that's brought to the London market, right? At least for the class of carriers that we're focused on. And so, you know, whether you are a commercial condo writer, um, that's a lot easier problem to solve than the energy business, right? The energy business around Texaco and how you, how you take those classes of business um, and try and solve for for standardizing the construction obviously classes much harder. But it's the same class of business that's coming into the London market. So talking about London, what's your view on Lloyd's, the future of Lloyd's and um, Blueprint One? You know, quite a lot of the focus that is around data, standardized services out of Lloyd's. They've got this, the risk exchange and the complex risk exchange, all of which must be pretty key in terms of what you're providing and helping facilitate all of that. My understanding of the blueprint is it's around placement, which is the risk exchange, the delegated authority and the claims piece, right? So delegated authority and claims, trying to make claims payment more efficiency, trying to claim standardized claims, trying to make the process more efficient. Um, I think we're 100% set up and aligned with what that is trying to accomplish. From the claim side, receiving data from however many third-party for how many TPAs there are in the market is just an incredible feat for any one company um, because of just the different sources and different formats that it comes in. And that's, those are the things we're really good at, right? Whether it's the, you know, when you think about delegated authority and you think about border row, you know, it's not just the premium border row, but it's the risk border row and the claims border row. And so how do you actually help bring those things together? The, the interesting about, interesting thing about it is that each one of those needs to go feed a service, whether it's claims, actuarial, finance, or stuff like that. And so we can help standardize the service, the services that it feeds off of the same data set. That's what we're really good at. So, Scott, can you talk a bit about the way Quantiplate fits into the into the workflow? Are you a standalone application, or are you now integrating into other tools that people are using? Yeah, this is a great question. So I think when I first got here, um, we described ourselves as agnostic to workflow, right? Which is, I don't think that's really the right thing that we're trying to, to do. So I think the biggest thing is that what we're trying not to do is impact um, the existing systems that you have in place. So workflow has to change, right? If people are are manually doing things on on spreadsheets, we're trying to get that manual process into a technology that is, self-service from the user so a, and able to automate and audit that process. So what we mean by agnostic is it doesn't matter where your data starts from or where it's going to. We can help automate the process to get it there. And if you don't have a place to store it, we can store it. And if you don't have the ability to analyze it, we can analyze it. So as an example, if a border row comes in, right, and you need to cleanse it and send it to finance and also send it to a data warehouse, we can do both at the same time. Okay. So it just takes that manual process away into a, into a commercial application where the company can one retain the IP 
and two, be able to audit and govern the process. And it's repeatable. So if you bring on a new program or a new statement of value, it's it learns and you can do the things orders of magnitude faster than you can today. Got it. So you've, you've got the APIs in there that allow people to hook this into existing systems. They don't have to come out of one system and go into a separate contemplate tool to, to do this. Yeah. So we have the APIs right now for going out and we're creating the ones for the APIs coming in. And, and then what, what about, uh, competitors? We talked a little bit about this earlier, but who do you find is the main competitors out there? Are there other people doing this or is it more of an internal solution or is it just the usual uh, lack of urgency and inertia that you're pushing back against? Largely our competitors have been internal to a customer. Um, mostly either the IT organization or, um, or the existing people that are, are doing the processes today. Um, change is hard within an insurance company we're finding, right? And so you really need the people that want to change and or change the business in terms of be- making it more efficient. Um, and being able to embrace new technology is one of the key things that we're finding as the challenge. I think the main reasons for that are if your performance is not based off of the success of onboarding new technology, it's a risk to somebody. And so why does someone want to take that risk if there's no reward at the end? And so it's, it is a unique individual and or it's a unique situation of a company that actually wants to take on that risk if they're not positioned for it. Those that have taken us on board are really positioned from a company perspective to help the person be successful and not penalize them if they're not. Well, how things changed in the last four months because you're talking about disruption. You know, the fact people have been forced to work from home. Yeah, it's not extent that might be forcing more of a focus on automation. Uh, you see, have you seen a noticeable increase in inquiry? Oh, what you're doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you a couple of uh, a couple of examples. There's a, uh, a chief risk officer that I know that we had a discussion last week, and and basically. What he has been tasked with is the current reserving process and the current reporting process. They, the company and organization wants to increase the frequency of what they're doing it by 4x, right? So if it's being done annually, it needs to be done quarterly, right? If it's being done monthly, it needs to be done weekly. And that's not something you can just turn the dial on and change, right? You just, you need additional resources. COVID has put a pretty black, big black eye on outsourced resources, outsourced services, right? So you saw what ended up happening in, in some of these countries where when COVID happened, the country shut down and then the resources that are spent cleansing the data actually had to go back home, but then there wasn't enough service to actually enable them to do their work. And so it's really put a big bright shining light on the need for understanding what the impacts are to that type of service and or the need to actually automate. And many of these companies are looking for automated services to actually help the process and reduce the risk. That's one of them. The other one is in commercial property specifically, there's a pretty big exposure apparently to business interruption, right? And that's not a, and, and contingent business interruption. And that's not a lot of things that people are able to capture during the process today. 
And so how do you change the processes easily enough to actually be able to enable companies to understand the underlying exposure? Those are two big ones. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting looking at both those perspectives. Still, at least I guess you got nobody uh, photocopying iPads just now, which is you know, really <laughs> in the past. So, Scott, you talked about clients quite a lot on the way. Where if people are interested in finding out about who you're working with or case studies, where's the best place to to look for those? Customer logos are on our website, and case studies use cases are on our website as well. I think those are the two two best places to find them. And then as you look out into the market, you know, you've been around for quite a number of years. What, what are you most uh, interested in you know, or maybe even excited about that's happening ahead of us now in the next 12 months? Wow, that's a big question. Let me think about that a second, Matthew. I think there's this big crossroad in one market is commercial property. Because of what's happened with COVID, because of the past claims, we're in a pretty significant hard market. Right. And so a couple of things are happening in that space. One is the existing renewals, which is the bread and butter to insurance companies are under attack. Right. And so brokers and the distribution market is actually giving the companies many more scenarios to run to try and figure out how to bring down the price. And so it's, it is stressing the existing resources. And then in addition, you have a lot more volume of new business that companies haven't seen before that are being shopped. And so there's this great opportunity to use technology to help companies screen and prioritize submissions and be able to organically grow. That's like one of the big ones that excites me in the marketplace today. Good. And then specifically from Quantiplate, anything you've got coming up we should be looking out for? We're announcing a, an AI machine learning partnership with a company called Forestry Machine Language. And so we, we ended up engaging with them and they're going to solve a, a number of use cases with us to, uh, to help embed into the product. And then once we solve those problems, we're going to bring them into the product and make them for broader distribution. So it's taking our existing applications and, uh, raising the bar significantly. Excellent. Well, so finally, and this was meant to be my first question, but you told me I had to ask you at the end. I think with the <laughs> you'd already answered this and you could just say I've already told you, but I, I want to ask you now because it's on your website where it says you can turn all your insurance data sources into insights you can trust with Quantumplate's data integration, automation and analytics platform. And my question for you was and is still, what does that mean in practice? Turn all your insurance data sources. So the disparate data sources that you have and that you're trying to bring together, that's your different data sources. The uh, data integration is how do you take the manual processes and automate it? And then how do you bring it to a single place where you can get insights into it? That's what that means. I think in practice, Matthew, we're focusing on smaller use cases and eventually we'll grow into the larger part of the organization. Finally, any plans to come back over to the UK? You wait, you wait until things are clearing up with some more certainty. For right now, uh, there's no plans to come out back to the UK um, in the near future. Organizationally, we are trying to limit or not allow the engagement with customers or with employees sort of firsthand. And so we're waiting for things to clear up with COVID before we start doing that. Um, and we're, we're checking back in you know, every other month organizationally. Strange times we are all in, but of course you've got a team over here in the UK as well. Well, this is Scott, that was great. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you face to face, probably now, not until 2021, whatever that brings. But it's been great to catch up and learn a little bit about 
what's been going on on at Quantum Plate whilst you've been operating under the radar. Sounds like there's been a, a lot happening. So congratulations. Matthew, thank you. thank you very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. We're delighted to contemplate as one of our corporate members at Instack London. And for this and all our member podcasts, you can find a summary of our conversation on the podcast section of the website if you want to review our podcasts again or share them with somebody else. You can also find our information about becoming a corporate member, past and future events, both face-to-face and our live digital events, and a link to our newsletter, all at our website, London. Now, if you enjoy this or any of our other podcasts, we'd really welcome your reviews on your usual podcast channel. If, for example, you're listening on the iPhone, scroll down to the end of the Instec London podcast episodes and you can write your review and score us there. That's it for today. Thank you.